Hey podcast, uh, before we get into podcast, when I say hey podcast, I mean all of you who are listening. So first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, uh, two little things for you to know about before we get into today's podcast. One, the Monday to Monday playlist uh, that Mike Boyd and I curate each week on Monday with uh, a lot of incredible music from a ton of emerging stars, especially if you're into Latin trap and hip hop. It's really made for you. Obviously if you're Caleb and you love metal, not for you. But if you are uh, the majority of people that enjoy hip hop or Latin trap, very, very much up for you. And so you can see that on Apple and on Spotify, Monday to Monday. I'm not sure exactly what, if you search Monday to Monday, it should pop up. That should be good. Search Monday to M- Monday to Monday on those two platforms to subscribe to the playlist. And I hope you listen and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's up, podcast? On today's episode, we're going to revisit last week's Weekly V009, where Gary explains the advantage of being an outsider, his current thoughts on sports cards, and the happiness graph. Also, make sure to check out his YouTube channel at YouTube slash Gary V for the video version of this episode, as well as hit us up and leave a review to let us know what you thought, and I hope you enjoy. What up, uh, vlog? Um, pretty busy day. All, uh, all B-roll from what I'm hearing on this Monday. Bunch of big clients are in. Um, executives from Bojangles, the board I'm on. If you're from the Carolinas or Southeast, you know that uh, incredible chain. Um, a telecom company's in town. Some new business stuff. Just a busy Monday. Nothing too crazy. Weekly V. Sports cards. I've got the fever. Hey, yeah. I be flying with the angels every day, yeah. Mm, I play this fool, but life is great, fam. I work 60 hours a day, man. Yeah, I'm built to grind. It's my escape plan. Ooh, it's way deeper than the payment. Mm, I play this fool, but life is great, fam. Ooh, would... People's happiness declines yes, after 30. I, that's 50 stupid. That's out. a stupid study. Do you want to comment on it? It's stupid. I don't care about reports, I care about your individual thing. There's happy as fuck 39 year olds. I'm happy as fuck at 44. Like that's a generic study that took a base of certain thousands of people and now people are like, oh fuck, I'm gonna be unhappy at 39. You're not gonna be unhappy at 39. You can be happy or unhappy at one and at 100. It's fucking mindset. Do you have self-esteem? Do you actually have self-esteem? Do you actually, are you actually in a mindset where you can deal with other people's judgment? Fuck this report. Focus on yourself. My question would be, what's your advice for Lucas for a stay-at-home mom that wants extra income? So I think, I think back to jab, 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 right hook. I think the, when somebody wants extra income, they go for the sale too quick. So they look at Pinterest, they understand, you know, as you know, because you lead it for me, it's not something I'm spending a lot of time on, which, you know, and, but there's plenty of other, uh, you know, thought leaders and users that are talking about it. So somebody stumbles across that concept, the way I talk about TikTok or other things, and says, yes, I wanna do that. And the problem is, because they want extra side hustle money, like to save up for their Disneyland trip, which is so amazing, the problem is they don't have the discipline to build an actual community going for the close, right? So A, you could get lucky and have a single pin that goes viral, that goes to your Shopify page and sells your thing. 
But the way to build in any platform, including Pinterest, is to put out a lot of content that's just valuable and may just come back to your blog or your shop without going in for that hard sell. In essence, romance. It's the odds of like rolling up on somebody and being like, you wanna go into my hotel room at the bar? Low. Romance for a couple months works. And so it's about putting out content that brings value. Whether that comes in video form, whether that's infographics, it, it, it leads to self-awareness. How do you actually make good content? Are you a good photographer? Can you draw? Can you make a video? Because it all plays on Pinterest. And that works on Pinterest and it works everywhere else. Self-awareness of how to create, patience, romance, to create a community, which then allows you to go in for the ask after you've built up the equity. The best way to make a little side hustle as a stay-at-home mom on Pinterest is to think about cashing in nine months in, not nine minutes in. No one taught me, I was like, damn, fuck it, I do it myself. No one put me on, damn, fuck it, I do it myself. Everyone's scared to go talk to, fuck it, I do it myself. Everyone's scared to be number one, fuck it, I do it myself. Better cash out every month off a hoax. I've been on this way before I had He's a beast! I can take him. Appreciate the hospitality and uh, going at it tomorrow. AJ and I got into tech because I read an article in a magazine that I picked up on a trip to Napa called a magazine called Business 2.0. This is a true story. I don't tell it often. I literally pick up a, you know, I'm at the airport. I'm in the wine business. I mean, Reading magazines doesn't scream tech. Yeah, this was 2000. Yeah, yeah. When were you a freshman in college? This is 05, 06. Yep. Uh, it was 05. Uh, I'm in Napa. We're in the tech business because I'm in, I'm in, I'm, uh, let me rephrase, I'm innovating in the wine business because I have a website and I do email and I'm buying Google AdWords. Yeah. People have heard that before. But I pick up a magazine because my flight was delayed and literally read it, like read this business 2.0 and it was about domain names. Like fish.com is $48 million. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was less about that hyperbole like sports cards. It was more about like there was something that just clicked in my chemicals. And when I landed, I called AJ. I called AJ on a Friday night yeah, or a Saturday night, Friday night. He was at his like first college party or yep. second. It was definitely <laughs> first month. I think it was the first one. 
And I'm like, bro, and I'm, just, I'm like, you need to leave the party. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go outside. It's like, doing a cake stand. Yeah, like whatever know, first, he's up no, to. Not quite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plotting. And so like, I like literally, I'm like, I'm gonna change your life. This is literally what the opening line was. I'm like, I think I see something. It's like my third day in college. <laughs> And he's like, all right, bro, I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow. Like, but like, we no, we actually to his credit, we're like, like a 15 oh, minute call. Longer, way longer. longer. Yeah, I, I don't I was recall. outside of a frat house for like an hour and a half. And free, Is that true? Yeah. Like, so like, we had a real, and that was actually truly the seed which led to me investing in Facebook and Twitter yep. for me starting Wine Library TV. AJ started Jets TV. AJ's the first vlogger in the, in the family. He started Jets TV a couple months before Wine Library TV it's in his true. dorm room. Yep. Like, it was the seed, and I almost, even in telling you this story, feel like we're gonna be at the Combine, or at the Senior Bowl, or at the draft, or it's gonna be a Tuesday afternoon, and like I feel like we're, we're one conversation away from innovating in the sports business arena in a way that transcends it. I believe that to be true. We're, we just need one That's second. We just need one, everybody we're competing with needs to be perfect for 12 rounds. We literally need one conversation to win in business. Right now, we're, we're trying to impact young men's life for a legacy, and AJ's striving for happiness, and like, and I'm macro fucking, I'm creating macro air cover for whatever the fuck we want to do forever. Yo, what's up guys, Jason. We are at Hunt and Fish Club with Alex. My buddy Crispy, he's not paying attention. We're waiting for Gary, he's uh, finishing up a meeting and then we're gonna hopefully film the intro to Weekly V8. Uh, that's about it, we're waiting on Gary. Let's go. How you been feeling about the vlog? We haven't really talked about it. Good. I, I think it's like, I don't know, I'm really heavy on like the Twitter feedback where I wasn't on Daily V. And, I, I mean, people really love it. Yeah, and a lot of people, it doesn't show any analytics as much, but like a lot of people are watching the TVs too. Like, people are really treating it as a show. I think that's right. Down. I think that's right. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. It's been fun. Are you enjoying it? I am. Like, it was kind of like... Are we experimenting enough? I'm trying to do more. I want to do like... Yeah. I want to do more. Like, I want to do an episode where like, we're going to narrate the whole thing and then like, it's like, you know, the vlog where you know, you're doing your thing, but like... I'll watch, right I'll watch two or three of the last ones this yeah. weekend, but I definitely think we need to... Uh, experiment a lot more. I like I, I feel like that's a strength of mine that I need to always push everyone for. So I'll I'll try to get a read on it. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Good man. How are you? Good, 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 good man. Let's go, bro. How are you? I'm bad. I'm bad. Good man. Thank you. What's up, bro? Thanks for the love. I appreciate that. Thanks for saying what's up. How are you? Good. Really good. How are you? Hey, bro. How are you? Good to see you. Thank you for the love, guys. Yeah. Just text me. I just, I literally just wrote that fucking text. All right. Photo? Yeah. Who's taking it? Thank you so much, man. Keep doing. Thank you for what you do for us. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Nice to meet you. Hey, Cap, Gary. Up, Real pleasure, brother. Thank you. Okay, what uh, what do you need? I want to do like a one-liner, like a two sentences on like how to block out judgment. I can get you on the side of the road right, right here. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna go there and I'll walk towards you? That'd be dope. Yeah. Go. I'll yeah. give you. I'll... Just like blocking out the noise in the chaos of Times Square, you need to block out the noise of the judgment. Your mother, your father, the cynicism. Block it out. You can't hear it. Do you understand? You can't fucking hear it. Y'all be on some hard 
like you, you posted something like a couple weeks ago that said something about I don't remember the exact quote. Like your Instagram isn't your portfolio. Oh, the art. The art gallery, like yeah, the way I did yeah, that? Yeah, that's what it was. I, like I have all these people like, nah, Gary, I can't post that because it's gonna fuck up. The, like, nobody gives yeah, a fuck like about your fucking art. Yeah. Like, nobody, they look in the feed. I'm not going to your account and be like, oh, it's aesthetically pleasing, you're yeah. fresh. Yeah. You know why? Everybody's fucking worried about them. I'm worried about putting out shit that helps. Every post, why I win is, I sit there, I'm like, why would this be good for you? Not, why does this make me look good? Every single post that I see, 99% of it comes from one filter. How is this gonna make me look good? I'm with this cool person. I'm with this hot, good-looking person. I've got this new thing. I'm on this fancy thing. I'm at Coachella, rolling loud, courtside. How does this make me look good? The fuck values that bring in any of us? And I'm starting to see resentment start to build. Just like the popular kids in your high school, freshman year, you want to be fucking friends with them. By senior year, you're like, fuck those people. That's what's happening on Instagram. Those popular people on Instagram better be real careful. They're about 30 seconds away from the thing turning on them. That's great that you're taking another fucking selfie with a celebrity. I'm real happy for you (laughs) that you're dating another model. It's really cool that your boyfriend bought you a new car. Great private jet, dick. Great Balenciano, congrats, fuckface. The resentment's building. Right? What's, what are you doing? Like, you imagine making a video where you're like, hey, if you're a kid watching this, let me tell you what my uncle taught me in fourth grade. So when I free, like, where's that? Bro, the number one person in the NBA that goes up my list is the guy who takes a photo, makes a video tomorrow on Instagram showing him trying to make a fucking thing that we all do, crumpled up paper and missing it and being like, fuck. And just like, real? Like that thing will go bananas. You know how many of my friends, like I have rich friends, powerful friends, outside of like the cool Gary Vee, there's Gary Vaynerchuk who rolls with real shit. And when they see me like posting like sports cards or like going garage sailing, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, what I want, dick, you worry about yourself. That's my answer. I'm helping people. I mean, people, like, when, people don't have money. I read my comments. They're like, cool, step one, be rich. Right, like, you know, like, like they're like, cool, Gary Vee, like, you tell me to invest $1,000 in the sports cards. I don't have money. I'm like, I kept listening. I'm like, oh, okay, let me show you what I did when I had no money. Take $5, go garage selling, and make it 80. Take 80 the next weekend and make it 130. That, and the sports card thing is gonna make kids rich. I'm about to make a bunch of kids rich. Rich. And Mark, I think, I think once people start making the world about happiness, not money, then this is gonna make a lot more logic. Because a lot of people go for it, have a nice home in Summit, New Jersey right now, make 412 a year, life is good, kids in private school, good shit. Jersey Shore House, like, good shit, good shit. And they're gonna listen to us two Jersey bozos and they're like, fuck it, I'm unhappy, I'm going for it. And the story for Hank is, it's actually gonna fail. Because what Hank was, was a number six. He was a number six, a great number six. You know, it's the Scottie Pippen thing. Scottie Pippen is all time overrated in my opinion because he had a great all time number one hiding it. 
And when he went to Portland and he went to Houston, no. And, and by the way, Hank right now at 412 a year is listening to us and go for it. Let me just finish this thought and I can see you wanna jump in. Go ahead, you have to go? Oh, you have to go to the bathroom, so go. I'll finish this, go, go take a peek. So let me finish my thought. One, I find it fascinating that Mark couldn't hold it. Like, I, I just think that's all time interesting out of all the things. Number two, on the Scotty Pippen thing, it's not to raz Scotty, and of course this is coming from a Knicks fan who's bitter, but Hank, if you're listening, Mark's right not because of the money, but because of the happiness. Because you're 44 and your life is good, but you hate your fucking job. You hate it. You, you really know you actually hate it, but you like your life. What you need to ask yourself is do you like your life because of the financial things that are happening and it, you look happy versus actually being happy? Because I can tell you when you make that jump and you fail and you have to have the shame, and that's the word I'm gonna use, the shame to move your family out of Summit and move into another town and you got a 12 and a nine year old who are now crying because they're going to a different school and they went from being fancy to maybe less fancy. Like that is a lot of carnage that most people don't have the stomach for. The problem is that nobody tells you is that at 72 years old, you spend the next 20 years of your life in regret because you weren't happy. And that is not fucking easy. And I don't say this lightly, but when I hear Mark say, go for it, I actually understand it because I spend a lot more time analyzing what 70 and 80 and 90 year olds say and I understand why a 44 year old doesn't have the strength to disappoint their kids or to look stupid in front of their friends or to like confuse the world and it's easier at 27 even with a new kid than it is at 44, which is why I love the internet. Mark and I are by, we would be totally different men in our careers if the internet didn't come along. If you listen to his stories, Google and diapers and, and landing page and $500 check and the pit, we are the byproducts of our age of the entrepreneurs that had practical opportunity on the internet that would have never existed if we were 40 years earlier. That's what I want for everybody to realize. We understood that and that's what we navigated on, you can have a side hustle too. So we talked about Hank quitting, let's talk about Hank instead of golfing for four hours on Saturday. Let's talk about Hank instead of coming home and having a glass of wine and watching the news, The Daily Show, or sports. If you're really unhappy with what you do for a living, give me back those 14 hours that you waste each week and set up a landing page, set up an Instagram account around Star Trek or soccer or sports cards. Side hustle practicality with patience where you build it, where, where Mark and Lev had to look at each other and say, fuck, maybe there's something here now. Notice what he did, he did what I do. Do shit, that's, and then let the market show you there's something there, and then grow, right? Like, the time. This goes, brother, it's the weeds. It's pulling the weeds. Too many people are entitled and don't wanna waste their time when their time ain't worth shit. Like the way she works what is the most common complaint you get in your DMs? Um, it sits around, most common complaint I get is around lack of patience really. Like, hey Gary V, I've been doing this for three months, nothing's happened. Or, you told me to try things, I've tried three things, skiing, cooking, and garage sailing, and it doesn't work. You know, it's like, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's a game of uh, looking for excuse of why the practical advice isn't right. You know, like common complaint is I tried. Now, see, like, 
literally half-assed efforts as an excuse to not actually do it. It's like doing one push-up and being like, yo, doesn't fucking work. What's one piece of advice you would tell every teenager today? Um, I would tell every single teenager in the world that other people's opinions are the biggest poison to their happiness and that them worrying about what the popular kids think, them worrying about what you know, some of the random comments in their TikTok or you know, uh, Instagram are, th- them worrying about other people's opinions is the easiest way to continue to be unhappy or how to build a foundation of unhappiness and how to get insular with themselves and, and focus on themselves. And more importantly, don't judge others, which that's, then lets you not have their judgment hit you. That whole thematic. How did you, I mean, I know you were kind of like naturally had that in you, but is there anything that you like realized when you were young that? I think getting picked on for not speaking English was a huge help because I, I somehow through luck of DNA or circumstance got comfortable with being on the outside. Everyone's so desperate to be on the inside and I got really happy on the outside. Um, and you see where I'm going? Yeah, it's an interesting I, way to put it. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I just, I feel like I got comfortable being an outsider, immigrant. You don't forget, this is some very forgotten little fact of my life. When I was a kid growing up, Russia was the evil empire. Like my entire first like kind of eight grades, like Russia was the actual enemy. Like terrorism. I was Russian and like people like, like it was a thing. I was bad at school um, and so I, I just got very used to being on the outside. And did your parents? I ate like weird food. <laughs> like, you know like, like my friends would come over and they're like what's that weird soup your mom's making? So I'm like it's borscht bitch. <laughs> you know like it, I, got, I got very comfortable on the outside. I don't need other people's acceptance. I need my own. And then that is deep fucking happiness. Did your parents help you with that? Or did yes. You just figure that out on your own? No, I th- well, I think they helped me by loving me. My mom loved me, but she loved me so much, but she didn't coddle me. That's, you know, this is why I talk about perfectly parented and circumstances. I got love, but I got punished. There were circumstances. When I got out of line, she spanked me. When I got bad grades, she punished me. But I was the best. It was just like, get your shit together in school. There's accountability. There was no delusion. I was on the outside. I was on the fucking outside. And I played in games that were merit-based. And business, you got it? I liked sports and business because no parent's opinion mattered. Either I made $83 today shoveling snow or I didn't. Either I went three for four in baseball and hit a game-winning double or I didn't. I love merit. Nobody's opinion. That's why I don't like the Olympics. Fuck the judges. Cool, right? Yeah. That's why why I've always had a weird relationship with boxing. I love it. Because it's the ultimate merit. Mano a mano. Nowhere to fucking hide. But if one guy doesn't knock the other guy out, it goes to the judges. You know? Yeah. Uh huh. It's a real. Frustrated. (laughs) Frustrated. But that's real life too. Life is about judges. 
people do get fired because their boss is bad at the judgment, right? Like, so there's acceptance. I'm not crippled by humans, you know, uh, mistakes and issues and shortcomings and hypocrisies. I'm not crippled by it. I recognize it. I'm not in love with it. But I'm not in this kind of like, we're fucked. You know, too much optimism overlaid. I'm like, if you're fucked, don't be a boxer. Like to me, no matter what anybody says, there's a counter of like, do something about it. But America is, move. Costa Rica's nice. People want the excuse. People are addicted to excuses. I lived in a family that demonized complaining. Demonized it. Uh, too much. I think it led to not being able to be vulnerable, you know? So like everything in balance, but like demonized complaining. makeup I do it because I'm good at it but it's not something that I see myself pursuing it um, what I want to do is I want to be an actress I know it's gonna happen for sure okay I just don't know how to get my foot in the door and the people that where I do you know, live Long Island would you move to California if if that's what it takes I'll do it that's what it takes and then what then there's more things that it will take <laughs> like I don't know but but to speak to well it's really funny like do you know how many people want to be a beauty influencer with 252,000 followers on Instagram? Do you? Yeah. Okay. What did you do? You just did. People think they have to go take a course. People feel like they have to go and have a connection. You just did. What you can also do is do that again. You could move to California. You could go to auditions. You can work in co-working spaces and be around people and stumble into people. You can thoughtfully look at every single person who likes one of your photos and look at their profile and see if they work at CIA or WME. You can do what you've already done at your young age. You did, which is why you have what you have. But because you put being an actress on a mental pedestal, you don't see it the same way you do makeup artistry. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like I have just you understand? I mean, it's, I think it's, How brilliant is it's that? Like, Are you like my God? Like my my, God. You're like this yeah. guy is like I'm so thankful well, I said that it I'm. No, it's it, it's. it's, it's I, I definitely it don't. Very, yes, I, do. I said it without all that passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe you. I will. I will literally yes. stand by and wait for that. Yes, I Good. will. I will. I'm moving. I can move tomorrow. So move, move tomorrow. Tonight. Let's go. So wait, wait. We should leave here right now and move. Hold on. Okay. I, I took notes in my head before you leave. I have a nine-to-five job as okay. a receptionist that I'm dying to leave from. Well, good. You're moving to LA anyway. How do I make money? Easily. You, besides buying sports cards and trading them, <laughs> I think you. Good news. There's a lot of receptionist jobs in LA. But I don't want to be a receptionist. No shit, but you have to move. <laughs> you don't want to be a makeup influencer. You are. You don't want to be a receptionist. You want to be an actress. You go and move to LA and be a receptionist. Keep hustling your makeup artistry because you might be able to get some more funds to make it sustainable so that you're not at risk to go take those auditions and those networking because the receptionist job may get you fired when you go to lunch at one o'clock but what you're really doing is an audition 
And if you keep growing your beauty uh, business and start DMing beauty brands, you might make enough brand deals to allow you to do that full time instead of receptionist until you get the actress job. I make money off of Instagram, but it's not consistent money. So go harder. How many beauty brands do you DM every night? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Can I take a picture with you? Yes. Please. What could Hershey's do? Uh, I think that they should get into meaningful chocolate extensions. I mean, when you hear Hershey's, you hear chocolate, right? And so whether it's direct-to-consumer chocolate shakes, protein shakes, like line extensions where chocolate has permission, I also would probably create a super premium chocolate bar, like a $25 Hershey's bar that elevates the brand, um, which then makes kind of their core product seem like a good deal. So that's what I would do with Hershey's. Uh, Levi's, I think, really needs to think about uh, a, a couple things. So, like, what's funny about there is talk about an iconic brand that, with denim. Um, what I think Levi's should consider is, like, really. Levi's feels like the brand that can really win the first, you know, kind of smart pants game. You know, when your pants kind of tell you you need to lose weight because your waist is connected to your phone. I think the smartification of jeans is going to be a real business, uh, and I think it's Levi's for the taking. I think Supreme needs to be careful. I think Supreme's extending its brand. So it's funny, Hershey's, I want them to extend it. Supreme, I want them to be thoughtful about where they extend it, right? They're doing a ton of JVs with other brands and eventually it becomes a saturation play. So they're a big business, so I have a lot of empathy for that, but I would tighten that brand up and be thoughtful about where it's extending because when you think about brands like Playboy, it extended its brand to everything and eventually didn't mean anything and so I think Supreme needs to be very thoughtful especially because it's cool to not overextend their brand to places that are not cool that eventually makes them not cool. Well it's less about whether they should stick to, it's just that no matter how much a brand that's dorky pays them, they should not do JVs with them. That's a good one, Medium. So I should disclose that I was an early investor in Medium. Um, Mark, <laughs> legal likes that. Mom sitting next to Mark. Um, uh, you know, it's funny. They they've gone, you know, pay for content, which I'm a buyer of. I've been clicking. I have found myself in the last 12 months clicking articles that I find on social, and then want to read them, and they're behind paywalls, and I haven't paid yet. But last week there was an article I really wanted to read, and I was close, and I thought that was an interesting chemical feeling that I was close to signing up for something that I probably would never use again, which meant that I was happy paying $108 to read that article because it was $9 a month and I knew that I would never use it and forget about it forever and pay 108 a year just to read this one sports article. And so I think Medium has that potential uh, for sure and I think original creative content, think of Medium like serious. If they can get some original writers that only live in that environment their subscription product can get really good and so that's what I think. Twitter story testing? I love that. I think every platform should be in the stories business. Ephemeral content works. That's why it worked on Instagram. That's why it's working on YouTube. That's why it's working on Spotify. And if if you're telling me right now that Twitter's testing a stories product, that excites the shit out of me. Everybody should be using stories across all these platforms and LinkedIn, it's just contextual to the audience. business centric or 
you know, you know my take on LinkedIn, it's starting to become more Facebook. Stories is a function that humans have told us we like. We like that style of distribution. Give me something snackable that disappears, I like that. Oh, by the way, television and newspapers and radio were in stories format. Only the internet sits there forever. <laughs> like, like everything else that we were consuming, in tra- traditional media was built on ephemeral content. The news played and then went away. Didn't stick there forever. So, you know, you would watch a TV show and then later VHS came and later DVR came. So, this is a human behavior. We're super okay with consuming content that goes away. Just let me consume it in a non-frictionless environment and, uh, and in, a friction, in a frictionless environment, excuse me. And uh, that's why I think stories as a function uh, is going to become a very meaningful genre and it already is and um, it doesn't surprise me that every platform is building out their quote-unquote stories capability. All right, going into a Micmac meeting. Pop that up right there. Micmac, I'm on the board of and head of the company, so we're not filming the board meeting. So that means see you later, Dustin. But, uh, operational, that's how we do it. You know why I get so why I'm so hyped and putting out what I'm putting out? If I had Instagram DM when I was 14, there was no internet. If you want to be a producer, you can actually lay in your fucking bed or sit on the bus. First of all, thank you. You've got the technology in your pocket. Not like you have to save up money to get into the studio or buy some janky ass shit, right? Right. That's number one. Yes. That's that just gave me goosebumps. That's how true it is. I, I went to a school that was 80% African American and like low income, it was a hood school and everybody wanted to be in a rapper. And like I watched my friends have to sell fucking nickel bags or hustle or fucking steal just to get into the studio one time for an hour. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Now, don't even, don't, even, don't, don't even look at it anymore. Now, now these kids can make the whole thing on their phone, put it on SoundCloud and be eating lobster with Drake in a week. (laughs) So like, I just want them to have that perspective. Like no, like you, it's never ever been easier to live your dream. You wanna work in Hollywood? You can lay down on your bed at night. You can be on the bus or the subway doing it. You can DM every single person and one out of 813 of them replies and says, I love your spirit. Come and be an intern. There it is. It's real. The internet is real. And I don't want to, and I, listen, do I believe the system's rigged? Yes. Do I believe there's suppression? Yes. Do I believe in circumstance? Do I, but my big thing, I told this kid long ago and I use it a lot. I'm like, look, this kid's situation was rugged. Like, mom, dead, dad, fucked up, bad, like bad. And, and I, I remember it was like a tough one. It was like in real life, not on the internet. Before even all this Gary Vee shit, I was like, listen, fam, listen, please listen. I'm like, if one person in the world ever came out of your situation, then you can too. And he rattled off six people that came from his spot and his situation. I just need people to remember that. What happened is, we, whatever reason, we had the right mentality through either parenting or circumstance or just natural DNA 
that let us look at adversity as a springboard to success and a lot of other people are insecure and take adversity as what folds them. And that's why I'm putting out so much content to try to build up their self-esteem. It's right? The reason you did that was you weren't scared of no. Mm-hmm. The people that are fancy, they're like, Gary, but my time is worth something. I'm like, you know who values their time the most? The people that are doing the least. Mm-hmm. I have all these people like saying, Gary, this is some bullshit. I value my time. I should get paid what I deserve. I'm like, I do so much free shit always forever. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Sam, my time's worth more than yours. Mm-hmm. People acting like their time's, how's your time worth something when nobody's paying you for hey. it? <laughs> I ain't doing that video for free. They should pay me. I'm like, well, why aren't they? The market told you they don't want you. <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, there's 74 million other video makers. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I was, right? saying, I was saying that uh, just the other day. I was giving out beats for free just to get, you know, just to get going. Of course, and, and, now, and now some 20-year-old thinks he you gotta pay, gotta like, pay him a whole lot of money. For what? For Nobody who's ever heard of you. Yeah. Is your beat fresh? Yeah. And even if it's not, mm-hmm. beats is an arbitrage of fame. Yeah. People pay for somebody, because they're gonna say, oh, it's Bruce Lee. Hey, oh. Yeah, you got a name on it. Why is, th- you're asking for a favor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every producer, you know, the producer, and, you know, the DJ and the MC thing switched. Yeah. Like a lot of these kids aren't historians of hip hop. The MC was the supporter of the DJ. DJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It flipped. Yeah. So I don't know what audacious table you're standing on, but if you get fucking the baby to use your beat, he's doing you a fucking right. favor. Right. I'd pay the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you gotta pay him to do it. If I was a producer, I'd pay Meg Thee Stallion. I'd pay the baby. Mm-hmm. And hope they think it was hope fucking hot. Yeah. I'd be DMing them with like, here's me, and what's your PayPal? talk about balancing being your biggest fan and being humble. Um, how do you balance those two and manage it? By recognizing you can have opposite feelings. Like everyone's so scared of like, I'm a contradiction. No, you feel different things. Like, you know, the reality is, is like staying humble comes natural to me. I don't want to big time anybody. Like no matter how much I accomplish, it's not interesting to me to impose my success on somebody in our human interactions, right? That doesn't mean that that's a contradiction, ironically me saying you can have a contradiction. I think they think, you think, it's a contradiction of having wild conviction and confidence and being humble. I don't, I see them in a, in a layered way. I understand why people think, even I set it up as a contradiction, it's just not. Like, they're too easy feelings to balance, I live it. I know it's true. I have the most fucking confidence that I can win and I also have no interest of imposing my abilities on you. The, the contradiction to you know, confidence is self-doubt, not humility. Humility is just kind. Cool, cool. Thank you. you're welcome. Um, <clears throat> never heard you say that. Right? I don't, I don't, right? Kind. Yeah, it's just nice. Like, I, yes, I know that I've been successful in my profession and people admire you. What am I supposed to make you feel less than me? <laughs> so stupid. You do. You grow a better beard than me. 
Like, you know, like, like, like I, I think that's where the humility comes in. It's like, cool, yes, I'm good at this and there are many things you're better at than me and like, yes, I understand that we're in the moment where what I do is cool. Like, sports cards is cool. I also remember when it was the dorkiest dork shit of dork. Thank you. Um, so Jeff, I found this quote when you were with Chris Bosch. Okay. He said, I believe 95% of the shit I do is based on what I learned in the trenches of sports card shows. Wow. So. What are those things? Well, can you talk to like, the opportunity in sports cards is also you learning to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and, and it's not just sports cards, it's also sneaker flipping. It's why I think all these sneaker flippers are about to come and dominate sports cards. Like, I'm actually gonna take a photo of this. Like, I think, like, I think it's the same game. This is me making content. Like, this is the same game. This and this, same game. This and this, like. This. And this, it's the same game. So like, I just think it's the same game. Like it's called supply and demand. It's called having courage to say no when a grown up offers you less money than you want for a card. When I was 14 and some old man comes to my table and says, how much you want for that Bo Jackson? I'm like, eight. And they're like, I'll give you five. I'm like, no, eight. Five. Eight. Learning that versus the friends that I did shows with when the guy said, I'll give you five and they're like, well, you, I'll take it for four. Like that's learning. That. That, figuring out that this Donruss set that was in Canada, some kid walks around a show in 1992 and has Burger King Donruss baseball packs and he's like, would you buy this, would you buy this? And everyone's laughing at him. I could hear it because I'm watching, right? That's what I do. And I'm like, who's that kid and what's he selling and what is that? And he gets to me, he's like, hey, you want these Burger King Donruss cards? Like from Canada? And I'm like, I'll take them all. Took a huge risk, bought them all, priced them super expensive. Everyone's like, what the fuck? I'm like, these are rare. Because they were. This is pre-internet. There's no fucking Canadian Burger King fucking cards made from Donruss. Next thing you know, other dealers are buying off me. They were like the hit of the whole show. I learned that when there's a scarcity of something, if you can build awareness of it, and if you believe that to be true, not like you're a scam artist. So I learned a ton. How to negotiate with grown-ups, how to see market dynamics, how to price, how to set up my table. Why do I put the Luca, if it's Luca's the hottest right now, I realize that if I put Luca in the top left corner because the Luca and Lamar are the hottest cards I have, that that would work because that's how people read pages. They start at the top left. And so it made people stop at my table. So I was watching, over time I watched humans and realized I was stopping more people at my table than other tables because I was putting the hottest cards in the top left corner because that's how people read pages. I learned. Why do you think my content does well? Because I knew where to put the Lucas. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny, people that leave 
reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's reviews, the latest episode with AJ and Gary V, written in by Dan Ortiz One and Ron Schweiders say, I have listened to the latest episode with AJ several times now. We need more content from AJ. Hearing him talk about business and how him and Gary work together was awesome. The kid has crazy chops. And secondly, enjoy seeing perspectives on 90s sports culture with bonus content on happiness. Thanks, Gary, for your contributions to society. Thank you both so much for writing in. And remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.